Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here, and football season has officially uh, is, is underway. Uh, we're coming at you Monday morning. Uh, Vikings played Thursday evening, uh, a late one. Uh, did you stay up for that? Because again, we're Kyle and I are in, are in Eastern time, and and yep. so 10 p.m. start for for us. It's uh, it's late. It is late, but this is like yeah. My wife is going to bed at like 9:45. And I was just clocking into my next shift kind of thing. And I was only in bed at like 1.30 in the morning, which was just far too late for me at this point in life. Um, so it was a long one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're pouring the pot of coffee while... Uh, oh, yeah. While yeah, yeah. I went to... Bed. I mean, Sam and I are Canadians. I went to Timmy's after supper, got a, got a coffee, you know, drinking drinking my large coffee in the evening kind of thing because I'm staying up late. Yeah. Well, let's... Because uh, again, it's been a few days now, so... I think there's been lots of of people processing and talking about the the preseason. Again, we're in a spot where preseason, uh, if you're looking actually the quality of of players and and the the quality of football and and like you're not you're not going to see your Justin Jefferson Jeffersons out there and your Kirk no. Cousins, uh, especially in the first preseason game. So yeah. really, it's a chance to see some of these guys that are fighting for the depth roles. Um, yeah. Any thoughts that you came away from? from this game against the Seahawks. Again, it's a loss. We, Kyle and I were talking a little bit before we got on. Uh, Vikings mm-hmm. preseason uh, record in the last few years has not been good. Uh, no, yeah. Whatever that's worth. Uh, again, uh, haven't won since 2019, but it's a loss. But a- anything that you took away, maybe some highlights or or specific players that you were like, yeah, you know what, that that guy stood out to me for for this reason. Yeah, I'll, I'll share three thoughts then to kind of keep it concise, relatively speaking, because as Sam mentioned, there's already been a fair bit written. So defensively, fantastic to see Luigi Villain do such a good job. Um, it's more than just the strip sack, which of course is a big deal. That ended the half. Strip sack is a phenomenal play. Uh, he just consistently was disruptive. Uh, at one point, I saw him scraping down the line to run defense to make a tackle. Uh, those are the kind of plays... Uh, scraping down the line to make a tackle, really hustling to tackle the ball carrier on the other side of the line. Uh, or, or, of course, you know, getting home on that major, you know, sack. Those are the kind of plays that really make a guy stand out. And I know that Andre Carter II has gotten most of the hype this offseason because he signed that huge deal as an undrafted free agent. But last year, that was Luigi Milan. He was the one who signed that huge deal. So he didn't play much as a rookie, a very limited opportunity, but really really encouraging kind of first kick at the can for him really gave his roster push a boost i would say from that first prison game i don't think there's any way you could have any other conclusion he was he was fantastic arguably the best player overall for the vikings and certainly probably the best defender for the vikings and so uh he's one to watch the rest of the way and then we'll talk about this a little more in a few minutes with the joint practices coming up you got the titans and then the cardinals Again, he's one to watch. Does does he really, you know what I mean? You think like that edge rusher, you're coming out of your stance, think like coiling up the spring and letting go should be explosive. Just this like sudden burst off the line of scrimmage. And that's really what you have with Gillette. And so it's it's really exciting. I think for Sam and I, because we're, we're Canadian. And so you always kind of cheer, I think, for the Canadian guys, just because there aren't too, too many. There, you know, there are more now than there were probably 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But uh, Luigi Gillette, Nice job. 
um, from him. Offensively, Ty Chandler did a really nice job. And what was interesting with Chandler, I think everyone probably assumed that he was the RB2, even though Wang Wu came in as the RB2 on the depth chart. Chandler, in reality, is going to be the second running back. But what was kind of fascinating there was after the game, Kevin O'Connell was singing his praises, you know, saying that he, uh, you know, he's got this burst and this balance and he did a really good job. And I was, you know, the more he got going, the more I wanted to call plays for him, which if you're an offensive player, that's exactly what you want the head coach to say. Like, I want to get the ball in your hands because you're doing so well. But it was also interesting that he kind of took this detour and said something to the effect of, and now he needs to do it you know, every day, you know, when the, when the lights turn on, he's a different player. And now they want to see it every day. Some, something along those lines, kind of suggesting that consistency, that day in, day out consistency um, is kind of key for Chandler at this stage. So he, he's just a sophomore. And so he's kind of the standout on offense as well. So Villain and Chandler, I don't know if you had similar thoughts for them, Sam, or different thoughts, but where are you, where are you at? Yeah, yeah, definitely similar thoughts. Again, um, like, Longest longest rush was nine yards. So he yeah. like he he uh, averaged three point seven yards in the yeah. game. He he was he was good again. Um, it'd be interesting to see what he's like, and, and I think it's always interesting to think about what these guys would be like with the first team, uh, like the starters, yeah. uh, and like what it would exactly be when you're when you're uh, when you got your Darasaws and O'Neills out there um, to to be able to to run behind those guys. Um, Certainly. I'm curious, maybe just this might be a, a little bit too much of a detour, but I know you've got Chandler who had that game, and then the Vikings bring in Kareem Hunt uh, for a visit. Mm-hmm. Is that is that a story or is it not a story? No, it's yeah, it's a story. I mean, Kareem Hunt is obviously a really talented running back. Um, he's got that shared history with Quasi back going back to the Browns. To me, that's less about Chandler and it's more about Dwayne McBride and Abram Smith and Wongu. So Madison's the number one right back. That's not changing. You know, fingers crossed there's no injury, but unless there's an injury, unless there's an injury, um, it's just not going to change. Right. And then Chandler, they are genuinely really high on Chandler. The coaches like, him, right. So I, I believe you'll be the second one as well, but just being too deep at running back is not really a very smart thing to do. So it, it, it does just, Simple roster construction, you know, Quasi's history is GM. He knows Kareem Hunt because they go back to Cleveland together. Um, I thought Dwayne McBride looked really indecisive and didn't didn't do too much. Um, you know, he averaged 2.5 yards per carry, Abram Smith 2.6 yards per carry. Um, and then on that chairman note, you know, one of the things that O'Connell also said was that, you know, if if that he thought that Chandler took plays where it should have gone nowhere and was still able to pick up four or five, six yards. And so his point basically being that once the execution of the play around him is better, you can maybe project him to do even better. And so it was kind of interesting that the head coach, on the one hand, kind of sends a message and a challenge to him. And on the other hand, you know, praises him and kind of projects forward and says, hey, look, if we get this figured out, the blocking on this screen pass or this run up the middle, whatever it is, you know he's he's gonna you know do even better than what he did kind of thing if if that makes sense yeah no I, I think I think it does um and so I again I I think out of the positions that there are uh 
battles for within this Vikings roster. The running back position is certainly one of those to watch. I think I think about yeah. running back as well. And like there's there's a few yep. positions. And so it, it has been interesting. Uh wide receiver. Uh there's some battles. So it it was interesting to see. I don't I think that Chandler played well. I think he's the best of the bunch. Um yep. but be curious to see what what like you said, uh as Connell O'Connell mentioned, like what he does daily. Um yeah. I, you mentioned that you had three things from the preseason and you mentioned two of them. Was there, was there one more thing that you want to mention before we transition to kind of looking ahead to next week? Yeah. I'm going to shoehorn in a two more real quick. Sorry about that. Uh, so first thing, just good to see Greg Joseph nail that 54 yarder nails extra point. Perfect day kicking. Um, I think there was some mention of him not doing as well in kickoffs as he hoped, but as for field goals, top notch. And so that's always good to see for the Vikings. The other one is Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall, I think he looked like he moved really well on the ground. A um, few nice passes. The one to Nikhil Harry really stands out. And the beauty of that one was really there was no thought involved. It, you know, that was going to Harry the whole way, right? So just drop back, release the ball, and then you have huge white. Nikhil Harry's really huge. He's a, he's a big guy. And so, yeah, it, it was just a nice ball, nice play by Harry. Uh the key, I think, for Hall, not that I'm some sort of NFL guru when it comes to quarterbacks or something like that. Um, just, I'll write about this today in Purple PTSD, just excellence at the simple things. You know what I mean? Like, right now, you're not trying to hit a home run, you're trying to hit singles, get on base. So just simple excellence. Everything is done, like, even from, like, the handoffs to a clean snap. So, you know, your footwork, just drop back. Easy passes, just simple excellence the whole way for Jaron Hall. And then kind of build up your skill set from there. So a little too skittish, I think, at times against the uh, the Seahawks. You know, kind of rather than stepping up in the pocket, he far too often kind of spun out and went, you know, around outside. I think that makes life difficult. It's a good thing at times. Uh, and that you can avoid the sack and so on and so forth. But uh, a little of, you know, fair ways to go for the fifth rounder. He's a rookie. And uh, it's just simple excellence. The simple things do everything at a super high level um, and kind of build from there would be what you hope to see. I think. Yeah, no, I, I remember like I, there was one of the series where it felt like he scrambled every, uh, every yeah. play and you could see Kevin O'Connell actually pull him aside and look like he'd talk yeah. to him and, and you could see yep. he stayed in the pocket uh, in the next series and then got yep. crushed. Uh, the yeah, pocket right. very, very right. quickly disappeared and it was like, uh, you understand why he was, he was uh, getting out. And again, I think, I don't remember what, uh, what the combination of, of Lyman was at that point, but um, yeah, third stringers. It was not. Yeah. Um, there, there wasn't much of a pocket to to stay in. But again, certainly there is uh, things to work on. But you you see a pass like he did to to Harry, and it's like that's that's a nice play to yeah. to to be part of your package and and continue yeah. to build off of that. So um, yeah. again, there there's this is preseason but just finding some of these things uh and some some highlights and some again there's there's still a couple of games left and and there's still lots again I one of the things I think that I realize is that you've got the preseason games but you've also got camp uh and you've got yeah. practices and and looking ahead of this week you've got these uh these practices with the Titans and so I I'm curious from your perspective like what 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 are you looking for in that, or what? What do you think uh, is important to mm-hmm. to have happen in, in in those those shared practices space? You know, obviously, just 
just this reality that you're not going against your teammates, you're going against another team. And this is a key part of the evaluation for both sides, right? So you have guys who are really going to, you know, the intensity, I would think, just has to be higher. You know what I mean? You now got two teams going. So rather than, the, you know, the Vikings have a 91-man roster rather than 90-man because of an exception for Junior Ajo. But you essentially have 180 players, basically, there competing. Uh, each side can only keep 53 and then 16 apiece for the practice squad. Um, and that's not even considering maybe a trade or two on each side to kind of shore up some weaknesses or whatever the case may be. So you just think of the amount that you're going to have there, full coaching staffs, of course, and this evaluation, the intensity is going to be high, right? You know, what do the D tackles and linebackers look like with the chance to, you know, take on the Titans O-line and Derrick Henry in the backfield? You know what I mean? Like, how do these young corners hold up against some of the young talent that the Titans have at wide receiver? And I guess they just added a DeAndre Hopkins not long ago as well, right? So, I mean, so how, how do, you know, how does a Caleb Evans handle DeAndre Hopkins? Right. Like, I, I don't think Hopkins is who he was maybe five, six years ago. He's still Hopkins. Right. He's still an all pro. You know, he was an all pro very recently. Right. So it'll just be kind of fascinating to see in that regard. And then obviously, again, like you, you flip it over to offense. Right. And and you have that challenge to Ty Chandler. OK, like, can you get up for this practice against the Titans, you know, and and turn out the yards. Right. And, and you can think of uh, Kirk Cousins last year. You know, against the 49ers, um, you know, certainly had some notable moments. I seem to recall some sort of report about him saying a swear word, which is always notable when it's cousins. Um, I think there's a lot to be gained, a lot to be gained, and even even the kicking, even even the kicking, right? Like Jack Podlesny and uh, the rookie, and then Greg Joseph, that kicking competition. Uh, the intensity is higher, you know what I mean? But you know, when you have these two teams in town. And I guess it's just fortunate for the Vikings. You know, TCO is this incredible facility, right? And you're hosting the Titans, and then you're hosting the Cardinals in back-to-back weeks. And in back-to-back weeks, you're having joint practices. And so you think, you know, with the Titans, Rand Carthon is their new general manager. He's good friends with Quasi Dolphamensa, right? And then you think of the Cardinals, Monty Ozenfort used to be employed by the Vikings, and then their head coach, Jonathan Gannon, was on Mike Zimmer's staff and say they have those Vikings connections as well. And so it's just, it just kind of speaks well to the organization, one Wilfs and the facility to actually be able to, you know, accommodate this and and pull this off and host these teams. I expect nothing, you know, nothing less than just basically both these teams saying first rate organization for the Vikings, you know, so you credit Wilfs. And then you just kind of have the team, the Vikings leaning into their connections, orchestrating these joint practices ahead of preseason games it should be really, really good, you know. And and you think, what are we today now, Sam? Fourteenth of August. Yep. Twenty ninth of August is when you got to get it down to fifty three men. So we're getting there, right? We're getting there. And then September tenth, less than a month now, is when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers arrive at US Bank Stadium. And so the Vikings don't have to travel between now and Week One. Next two preseason games are at home, and so you can basically just stay put and and kind of have these really intense practices you know, kind of plopped into the middle of what, you know, everything else that's going on in normal training camp, normal preseason. Um, I got to say, I'm ex- I'm excited to see how the corners do against, against the Titans receivers. I, I am really excited there. Is there anything that really jumps out to you and you say, I can't wait to see, even if you don't know the Titans as well, but just I, I want to see how this position does 
in this kind of amplified intensity or intensive environment. Yeah, yeah. Like again, I'm I'm uh, as I'm watching one of the things I actually I think I'm most interested by. I think this is one of the things that I've noticed about the Vikings the last couple of years is that defensive front, uh, yeah. defensive line has felt a, like a bit of a weakness or at least not not a strength. Uh, yeah. And I think with the the players they've lost uh, this year already and, and you lose James Lynch, like what can these guys do? Like, can they, again, you've got a Daniel Hunter and you've got Davenport and we're, I, I don't know what the expectation is in terms of seeing them in, in preseason, but can uh, these uh, uh, Louis Villan and, and, and others step up and at least be... Yeah. Um, I, like I think at this point you're just kind of looking for it to not be a weakness, uh, mm-hmm. and you said you've got a, a Derek Henry on the other side, and, and that's uh, yeah, that's a, a legit dude. Um, and again, I don't know how much he's going to be in there too, but but that's one of the positions that I think uh, I'm intrigued by. Again, there's lots of other like a, a corner position. I, I know I was particularly watching for that in that first preseason game, uh, and you you mentioned that. Um, I, I'm curious for you maybe just to to flip a question back over to you. Uh, you've mentioned a couple of different names so far, and and again, you got guys in different tiers, right? You got guys that are, you know, what, locks, they're they're starters, mm-hmm. they're they're guaranteed. You've got some guys that are likely in depth roles, and you got guys that are fighting for their lives. Um, is there a couple names, uh, whatever tier they may be in, that that are interesting to you, or that you know, it's like, hey, you know what, this this guy on offense or this guy in defense, and I'm like, hey, you know what, I'm I'm. Uh, I uh, I know their number, and I'm going to be watching for them when they're when they're when they're playing here. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of those names now are kind of a little bit not 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 um, people people already kind of know to look for by the pace, right? Because of some of the things he's been doing, um, you know, Blake Brandell. I like Brandell a lot. You know, that versatility. You know, he's a tackle by trade. Got listed as a backup right guard on the depth chart and then to start the game against Seattle flip over to left guard and so you got potentially this one young fella going into his fourth year in the league making less than a million bucks in the cap and he could potentially be a backup at four of the five positions along the offensive line and maybe even push for that RG1 job I, I, I you know just keep an eye on Blake Brandell the other one is Najee Thompson like if you saw him against on special teams his tackle as a gunner and then downing the football at like the two or three yard line, whatever it was. I mean, that's just fantastic, you know, fantastic. And and making those legit are, are, are I know it's overlooked because it's special teams, but those are legit huge plays in the game. Re- really, really make a big, big, big difference. And uh, man, Matt Daniels and Kevin O'Connell, you know, every, everyone, and even Frank, Brian Flores, I believe, has a background in coaching special teams. So, you know, background in scouting as well. He's done all kinds of stuff. So, Oh man, keep an eye on Thompson, number thirty-six. He's a backup corner. I, I don't necessarily think he's going to, you know, work into the corner rotation unless there's, you know, there are a lot of injuries. But watch him on specials. The man can move, and he he did really excellent stuff against Seattle. Oh, for sure. Like the 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 tackle he had, like you can just see how important that position is in terms of field position. Yeah. Like because I like I. I remember the. I just remember him just going down the sideline, but I don't remember seeing another Vikings player within the view. Like it's like if he doesn't get him, like yeah, they're getting I don't know five ten yards. 
sure easy and yeah and the ones that like the to down the the punt at the two three airline like that's a big difference in terms of field position right you look at that goes into the end zone like they're they're coming uh they're they're coming back and like it's like it is that you said it's maybe it is a bit underappreciated but but those are the kinds of of plays and and players that do make a big difference uh Mm -hmm. especially keeping a team whatever out of out of field goal position or or just being able to pin them deep in their end and and change the yep. way that they're able to to make play calls so um yeah no some good names i i am certainly interested by ivan pace i feel like he is one of the names that i've heard the most about yeah. and i know there's some uh there's a report about him having the green dot on his helmet and exactly on plays I'm like that's saying that that's uh it's a big honor for a guy that's coming from from his background and, Ex- and explain sport. what that means, Sam. What, what does it mean to have a green dot on your helmet? Well, I'm still I again. I'm Kyle's more the expert here than I am, but my understanding is that he was calling the plays uh, in the huddle and kind yeah, of dictating precisely. the the defense. And so yeah. I know there was they talked about one play specifically where he saw uh, it was a receiver in motion or something, and he signaled out and and uh, and. Uh, changed the way that the the defense operated and and uh, I think the defense came up with a big play so um yeah, yeah. It, interesting for and again this is this is the benefit of preseason where you get to try those things out and mm-hmm. and let mm-hmm. these guys that seems like have really stepped up and and have been uh impressing off or in uh, in training camp to be able to get some opportunities in these preseason games to to really show uh, show their stuff Amen to that. No, I'm I'm excited. Vikings fans should be excited too. Did I get that green dot thing uh, relatively yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you have the communication right. Like you can see, you notice especially in like road games, they got their their hands over the ears and are listening. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, in the past that would be Eric Hendricks, right? Like you know what I mean. Like it's traditionally a, a middle linebacker, inside linebacker, and this year it'll probably you know regular season it'll almost certainly be Jordan Hicks, and then if Jordan Hicks isn't around, then it'll be Brian Asamoah. Right, but uh, yeah, exactly. For a UDFA to get that, um, that's amazing, right? Yeah. Like it's it's not uh, you know we shouldn't necessarily just anoint him as the next like Brian Erlacher or like Ray Lewis or something, but you know it's everything is positive right now for Ivan Pace. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned positions of of interest, the linebacker position uh, too. Yeah. Again, with with the losses in the the off season, like there's there's opportunity there. And I think that's the thing with, like, uh, again, there were some guys that were brought in, but there still is opportunity for positions. It feels like there's actually a decent amount of of positions up for grabs. Uh, yeah, there are. Honestly, there's so much youth, right? Exactly. Yeah, you're looking for someone and and some of these guys to step up, and and that's hundred percent really been uh, missing a little bit, especially the the past few years. But uh, yeah, the Ivan Paces of the world uh, give you some optimism. So certainly. Good. Well, we'll wrap up there. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, again, we got uh, Titans this week, Saturday, and so we'll be back Monday to talk with that. Um, when do you anticipate the first round of cuts to be? I feel like it's usually kind of after it, that second. There, there. It's the NFL has changed. It, it's all August 29th now. It, so before it was staggered. You'd go from ninety to eighty-five, eighty-five to eighty. 80 you know, not anymore. Interesting. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. So uh guys still got some opportunities to to do some stuff but we'll yep. uh we'll be back next week to talk about uh next recent game and and so we will talk to you then uh be sure to check out i know kyle mentioned a little bit about some writing he'll be doing today 
Uh, check out mm. Vikings covered, purpleptst.com, vikingsterritory.com. I know guys yes. are on the ground uh, checking stuff out. And so be sure to check out what uh, what's going on over there. So take care, everyone. Have a good week and we'll uh, we'll see you then.